0: On today's show, we have Erin Wickersham. She has been a registered dietitian for 13 years with over a decade of experience in the weight loss field. She has a robust background in helping people lose weight via traditional weight loss methods and weight loss surgery. After having two children, she had a hard time transitioning to being a full-time working mom and struggled with weight gain and difficulty losing weight. This experience sparked an intense desire for her to help working moms find strategies, tools, and support they need to prioritize losing weight and making time for themselves. She uses a portion control approach and a one meal for the entire family philosophy to make weight loss simple. Erin is currently on her own weight loss journey and wants to show other working moms that you can live your life, eat normal foods, enjoy ice cream with your kids and still lose weight. You can find Erin on Instagram at working period mom.com. Period, weight loss. Welcome to the show, Erin. I'm so excited to talk with you today. Hi, yeah. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Woohoo! Let's kick this off. Your bio is super inspiring, and I can't wait for the listeners to learn more about you and your practice that you have come to grow on social media. So, can you start off by telling us where you started out versus where you are now?
1: So I've been a dietitian for a long time. I started in actually corporate wellness for the first 11 or 12 years of my career, managing corporate wellness programs, doing health coaching. But I always did weight loss. Like, even when I was managing people and not like doing health coaching, I always was the one to like jump on top of doing like the weight loss seminars and weight loss coaching. I've always had this like knack for it that I've loved. The last two years, I've actually transitioned to clinical for the first time in my life doing traditional weight loss, clinical weight loss counseling, and then weight loss surgery as well. And that clinical experience honestly sparked me to get started with a private practice. So that's kind of where I'm now. I'm in the throes of clinical for the first time, full time, now growing this private practice on the side.
0: I totally appreciate your candor. I think a lot of people can relate to that feeling of trying something new. You get into something, you realize it's not what you want, and you're like, there has to be greener pasture somewhere. And the fact that you recognize that in yourself and took it upon yourself to seek out private practice is so admirable. And a lot of people are going to be inspired to hear what you did. (laughs) They will hear what you did to get to this point. So now that you have made that leap and you're like, clinical is like, eh, private practice is better. Can you tell us a little bit about what it was like to get clients and start to work with clients in your current niche?
1: So it was kind of surreal. I remember getting my first client, like the week I signed on with Libby and I was like, this isn't real. Like I cannot even believe this happened in the first week. And the woman that I talked with was like, I can't believe I found you. Like I'm a working mom and that's what I struggle with. And you work with working moms. Like she was so excited to just find a dietician that's like her, just like her. And that kind of, I mean, that was really exciting. It kind of kept me going that I get to work with people that want to actually work with me. I think that's like the biggest difference between private practice and clinical is that These people are excited to work with you. They like want to make changes, which you just don't always get in clinical. And it's very, I mean, it's inspiring to work with these people.
0: Definitely. So incredible. Being able to get on social media and already attract people from what you start doing after implementing uh, Dietitian Both Method and working through the modules that Libby has set up. I think that's awesome because a lot of people embarking on this journey, it can be a challenge. You, you're nervous. Like, are people going to find me? Are they going to like what I do? And you're already proof positive that it's possible if you just show up and do the work. So your niche is weight loss and you work with women. And would you say that your niche has evolved at all being in the dietitian boss program compared to when you started or was it always just weight loss for women?
1: So it was always weight loss for working moms, but I heard someone say this on a podcast earlier this week I was listening to, that there's like a niche within your niche, right? So I came in and I was like, oh, like working moms, I have my niche straightened out already. But then I think like the first call with Micah, she was like, well, you got to get, we're going to get more specific than that. And I was like, oh God, I didn't realize there's there's more to this. I have to go deeper with my ideal client. So you know, it's funny. I was like, oh, I got this. I'm going to like hit the ground running with this ideal client. And then I was like, wait, there's a lot more to her that I have to learn.
0: Yeah. Thanks for talking us through that because it's very easy to think you're specific. And then you have a, a extra set of eyes or an extra set of ears that can say, hey, actually you can get even more specific. And by being more specific, you're able to really attract clients more easily. So that's awesome that you mentioned that that afforded you an opportunity to do that. And you mentioned earlier in our conversation that you dreamed about starting your private practice. Can you tell us a little bit more about what led you to take action on this?
1: Yeah, so this is funny. I actually never had a dream of starting a private practice till about six months before I started working with Libby. And I honestly didn't even know that dietitians were on social media selling themselves. Like, I had no idea. I'm the youngest, oldest dietitian ever. I was like, this is crazy. So I found this dietitian that was promoting, like, this yogurt recipe. She's, like, a millionaire probably. And I was like, I've been talking about this for 10 years. And then I started finding other dietitians. I was like, I can do this. I can't believe other dietitians are doing this and I can do this too. And it turned into my nonstop thoughts for like six months. And then coronavirus rolled around and my company handled it terribly. And I was like, you know, I want to leave, but I don't want to go anywhere else. Like I don't want to work for anybody else. I don't want to get back into corporate wellness I don't want to work a hundred hours a week for someone else. I don't want to work clinical anywhere else. And that like really sparked me. I like reached out to Libby and I was like, I can do this. So that's kind of, it evolved over like a six month period of like, I didn't even know this existed to like, I can totally do this too.
0: I specifically love the, the part where you said, you didn't even know that. You can make money online and that you're the youngest, oldest dietitian out there. Yes. <laughs> a lot of people are really hashtag shook that you can create a free account and advertise your services and make money. A lot of people are amazed. So you're not alone. You're not the only youngest, oldest dietitian <laughs> out there. So thanks for sharing that with people because if you didn't know, now you know. She's letting you know it's possible especially since you knew for yourself that going back to your old way of working, wasn't something that you were passionate about. They didn't even handle things. Well, talk about fire underneath you to like get you started into action to really go all in, in your private practice. So kudos to you. And now that people have kind of gotten to understand a little bit about you, they know that you've been a dietitian for a long time. You've done the corporate aspect you've worked with weight loss patients in the clinical setting and now you're in private practice transitioning to that is very tough for a lot of people a lot of people are like oh my gosh she sounds so confident this i don't know if i can do this so can you give us like two tips for the listeners who are trying to put themselves out there they want to start to build their following they want people to get to know them but they're coming from a clinical space and they're putting themselves online. So what are two tips for building like no like and trust factor to get people more comfortable on social media?
1: So I think honestly, you just have to start. And I remember having my discovery call with Libby on a Thursday and I took all weekend and I started creating content and I started posting immediately on Monday. I had no idea what I was doing and I just started, and it was scary because I didn't even have, like, a private Instagram, really. Like, I never posted on it. So just get started, and the second thing is be yourself, which I struggled with, and I don't mean, like, being fake. uh, You know, I struggled with, like, being fake, but, like, I would do Instagram stories, and I would say, I look ridiculous. I sound ridiculous. Like, look at my hair. Like, what is going on with me? But you just have to post it anyway, because people appreciate that. They they want to know that, like, you're a hot mess too sometimes, and you're not, you know, I don't have perfect looking hair and makeup all the time. Like, I just roll with it. I think that's been probably one of the hardest pieces for me to move forward with, but absolutely necessary because I notice a lot more engagement when I'm just, when I'm just me, no matter like what I look like or what I sound like on that particular day.
0: Jazz snaps, jazz snaps. You (laughs) just have to start (laughs) and it doesn't have to be perfect. That's such good advice for people who think you need like a glam team to get ready for IG stories or they think you need to like have everything just organized and structured. Just getting on and doing it, like you said, is the best way to put yourself out there and get over it. And then you said already that your audience is more drawn to that anyway. So that's awesome. Just show up, you guys. You don't need any lipstick, no mascara, nothing. And for those who are wondering, okay, this girl has started her private practice. She's on Instagram. She's showing her face. She's talking to her weight loss clients. So, how much money can one really make doing this right that's the, the question a lot of people want to know. So can you talk a little bit about how much money you have made and follow that up with what's your next goal? So, I actually sold
1: a new client this morning, so i'm at sixteen hundred dollars total since since signing on with Libby this morning, which is really exciting so My next goal is I want to hit 3000 total by the end of the year, by the end of December. And we're relocating to a different state in like June or July of next year. So my goal is to be making consistently about like $3,000 a month by the time we relocate. So I don't have to go back to work is the goal. (laughs)
0: Woo! That's yeah. a great goal. That's an awesome goal. Congrats on signing a new client today. That's awesome. Thanks. Making $1,600. you are definitely on track to kill it and make 3000 And I love that you're thinking about what would make you comfortable. What's your escape from private practice number? I think everyone needs an escape from private practice number. It's very motivating mm-hmm. and it helps keep you organized. So thank you so much for sharing that information with us. And would you say that there's anything else, like another number, like a financially secure number, or like bigger financial numbers that you've been playing around with after 3000 I mean, I feel like
1: the sky's the limit. Like, I would love to hit $10,000, $15,000 months for sure. It's really hard these days, like having a family and thinking about, like, am I going to help my kids pay for college? Like, how do we retire at a normal age? Like all of these things that we like really start to think about now and thinking, can we do that in traditional corporate working for somebody else roles? And you know, I don't think I don't think we can get to the financial point that we want to working both of us for someone else. So that's like a really big driving point for me is you know, providing for my kids how I want to provide for them as they get older and, you know, retiring before I'm 85.
0: So that's the goal. (laughs) I adore, adore, adore how you frame that, like finding that financial freedom. That means taking off the burden of not knowing how you're going to pay for your kids' college, Retiring at a reasonably young age, yes, <laughs> <laughs> these yes, are real things. But I, I appreciate that you're you're highlighting something that most people don't often sit down to think about. Is you're you're very much capped out, especially as an RD, how much you can really make. Maybe you go and teach. Yeah, you can up your your earnings, but realistically, there's only so much you can make. So I love that you were thinking. Well, how much can I really make to get all these bigger financial goals accomplished? And private practice is that missing piece that allows you to make it a closer, attainable reality. So I appreciate you mentioning that. I hope a lot of people take a few steps back and think about what their financial freedom number is and what steps they need to take to make it happen. Private practice, wink, wink. (laughs) That's the answer. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So when it comes to reaching this financial freedom, you have to set a price, a price on your services price on your packages. So with the money that you have made so far, can you share like how that's broken down? Are you doing one-on-one? Are you doing groups? How, how is it all working out for you in terms of reaching out to clients and signing them on? So I went straight into bundles because
1: the first client I signed in my first week with Libby, like before I had watched any of the modules and didn't really know like what like my offer was or anything, I just kind of randomly sold her a bigger bundle on the phone and, like, attached a price to it. So that was, like, my biggest sell. And now I'm doing three package or three session bundles. So that's how I've gotten my income so far. I'm really, really excited to go to groups as soon as I can because I feel like that is really, really important, especially for, like, the working mom community. Like, you just need other people to lean on that are in the same position as you. It's a really important support. So I'm really excited to go there next. I'm kind of just working on, I need to just drive more, more follower, not more followers, but more demand for my services. And then I'm going to hop into groups as soon as,
0: as soon as I'm ready. Awesome. That's really insightful. And it's great that you notice the importance of community for your demographic, like really understanding them allows you to market to them and draw them in. So keep doing what you're doing. It's definitely going to happen. And with the money that you've made so far, being able to get people into the bundles, can you share like something fun or exciting that you've done with your money? Like when on vacation, <laughs> can you share like the way that you rewarded yourself when you had your first big sale in the program? So I wish I had
1: something fun to share. I think the biggest win was my husband being like, what? You actually have clients? Cause he was very, he's so supportive, but I think he thought like, Oh, this is cute. She's gonna, you know, she's gonna talk to people on social media. I didn't think he actually thought like anything was going to happen. So his, his surprise and continued support was kind of, you know, gift enough, but I am going to be working full time through the next year. So my goal is to really take all the money I've made for my private practice so I can reinvest it back into having a business coach because I really want to keep having a business coach so I can grow at a faster at a faster rate. That's my that's my goal for my private practice money right now.
0: Yes, I love (laughs) it. I love it. Yeah, especially since you are still doing clinical full time. And you, you know, obviously, to be structured, and on track to reach your money goals, it does help to have support. And to reinvest in yourself is the best investment one can make for themselves. Especially if you have something else going on, you know, you have the accountability within a program, you have the support systems from other people that are also working in the steps with you. So Awesome. I can't wait to see you grow even more. And I can't wait to see these groups pop up. Yay. So excited. (laughs) (laughs) So I know you talked about your husband and I love that story, how the best part of all of this is just being able to see that he was like, wow, this actually works. (laughs) She's talking to these strangers on Instagram and making money. And of course he has his like beliefs and hangups around making money online, but can you share a little bit about like your money story? Like what money beliefs you had either around pricing your services at a certain amount, or even believing that you can take on a lot of clients. Can you share a little bit about that?
1: So I think probably my biggest hang up was, are people going to buy from me? Like, am I really going to actually make money doing this? from like a pricing my services perspective, I feel like I've been such a crappy paid dietitian for 13 years that I, I feel ready to like charge my worth. Like at no, I don't feel like any point I've had a limiting money mindset. Like people aren't going to pay this amount of money. I think it's always been, are people going to pay any money to work? right? Like, am I even going to attract clients? At first, that was my limiting mindset. But from a money standpoint, like, I've been doing this for a really, really long time. And I've helped hundreds, I think thousands of people lose weight at this point. And the price I'm charging is fair and worth it. And I'm very much of the mindset that if someone doesn't want to pay me what I'm asking, then they are not my ideal client. That's not someone that I want to work with.
0: You make such great points. You just have to sit back and remind yourself who you are. You're that person who did all the undergrad work, or if you're a career changer, you did all the DPD, you paid all that money, and then you put in the legwork. If you did the clinical route after, you have done it. You have proven something is possible. When you step in a room, change happens, you can help people. And I love that you just positioned yourself in that framing. Like I can do this. I just need to show up, get it done. And people, yeah, people do struggle with this idea that will people pay me, but within your first week you already proved, okay, great. I've got money coming in. If that's one, one can be two, two can be 10 and literally the options are endless. So that's so awesome. And with that in mind, I'd love to dig a little bit more back into Instagram. Can you walk us through what you're doing on Instagram in terms of growing your business and reaching out a little bit about how you're doing your posts and your stories so the listeners can get more of an idea?
1: So my Instagram is still ever evolving because I'm still trying to refine my message and find like the specific working mom that I'm speaking to. So right now I'm trying to just... Experiment with different types of messages, and really, I use the topics of conversation that come up during my one on one sessions or the DMs people send to me. Or honestly, like my political patients give me really great content as well, because a lot of them are also working moms. So, I always have this running list of topics, of pain points, of things that they're struggling with, and I really try to use their own words back at them in my posts. So that's kind of where I am now. My, like I said, my message is still evolving. I'm really trying to find that specific working mom that I'm, that I'm speaking to. That's
0: kind of where I am right now. That's so amazing because especially since you are working, you can leverage your experiences to do your work in your private practice, which is yes. cool. <laughs> <Yes>. Bonus points. <laughs> that's awesome because to be able to keep a running list, not only of what you're hearing from, the, from the, your clients in your private practice, but also looking at your DMs. That's another place that's like a gold mine for great questions to turn into content. And then you said you have a running list. So is this like a note? Do you have like a note on your phone? Do you keep up like a little notebook? How do you organize those?
1: So I do have a Google Keep document on my phone that I just put stuff into, especially when I'm at work. I'll put ideas in there, but then I have a Google Sheets form where I just keep – I, like, categorize it and keep running lists of everything. If something doesn't do well or – if I do a post on a topic that doesn't do well, I'll, like, move it down the list so I kind of keep
0: track of what's doing well, what's not doing well. Yes, I love a good organization system. (laughs) I'm going to have to message you on Instagram. Like, let me see a screen grab of that. That sounds wonderful. I love that. Because you don't want to keep putting out a message that's not resonating. So you have to have a way of tracking that. So that's a good reminder for people out there to make sure you're putting out content people are actually resonating with and not just random stuff. So a lot of people coming on social media will post that random stuff. So speaking of this. Would you say compared to when you first started compared to now your feed is like dramatically different? You did say you just started your account and you had right after you got off your call with Libby. So you didn't even know the method, correct? You just started posting. Okay. I just started posting. Yeah. So compared to when you were like, okay, I'm going to be doing this program soon, but in the interim, I'm just going to post, 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 post. So once you got into the program, like how much did your feed change? Like, let us know what was the biggest difference.
1: Yeah. So it changed pretty significantly. I never posted like pretty pictures of food or my kids because I was doing enough like sleuthing on social media to realize like, okay, I've learned like those aren't the posts that get people to work with you. So I knew there had to be like a message behind it. So I always started that way. But, I mean, day one in the program, I was like, oh, like, that's all wrong. There's too many words. There's not enough white space. My message isn't clear. I'm not marketing my outcome. Like, just immediately, it was like night and day on learning, you know, what I have to post or what needs to go into a post to attract clients.
0: Yeah, there's – it's kind of crazy. I did something similar when joining her program. I'm like, oh, I bet I could – figure this out but then you're like whoa that's how all, wrong. Get to this? all wrong yeah. Yeah. all wrong all <laughs> wrong you really need the program to really figure it out I'm like I can I can look at that I'm like okay a little monkey see monkey do action you yep. know <laughs> not at all you need the hand holding you, you need the, the actual knowledge to do it correctly so I'm glad we both moved past that yes <laughs> so Now that you have gotten to this point where your content is more clear, your mindset has evolved. You're like, people pay me. My husband's convinced I can do this thing. I'm on track to reach my three, three K months. How would you say that has been able to grow now that you've refined your sales process? Can you talk a little bit about your sales process and being able to go into them to confidently convince people and tell people like your value and what you can bring to the table?
1: So I haven't had an overwhelming number of sales calls, but I do know the sales calls that we have with Libby have just been immensely helpful walking through like different situations and how you would tackle different situations. But really, I've found it most helpful to approach it just as a conversation, having an agenda, following the framework that Libby puts out. but you know, making sure it's not scripted and really approaching it like you're talking to a friend. I find it helpful to be super excited when I'm talking to them. And that always gets them excited when they feel my excitement to be working with them. So that's been working so far. I mean, I've closed a couple clients, right? So that process seems to be working for me. But I know it's going to be a work in progress as I continue to get more and more discovery
0: calls. Very cool. You make such great points, have an agenda and approach it like you're having a conversation. And then your thing that makes it unique to you and makes it genuine and feel good is to bring energy. As you can tell, I'm a very high energy. Yes. (laughs) I'm moving my hands. You guys can't see it, but I talk with my hands. So I love that you're talking about that because if that's you, if you're a fast talker, if you like to laugh, you like to move your hands being natural is something that's going to resonate with them, which is awesome. So thanks for reminding people, you don't have to be like a Hollywood, like actor reading like this massive script and delivering these dramatic lines, just be you and show up. Absolutely. And people that are starting out, they're more than likely in a place where they're really, really, really scared. And you're talking about getting on sales calls and working through the steps. But as much as what we're saying is helpful, there's still going to be people that are going to be afraid. So do you have any advice for people who want to get on social media? They want to show their face, but they're still hesitant.
1: Yeah. You know, you have something unique to offer. Like there's a hundred dietitians, hundreds of dietitians working in the weight loss field on Instagram, but I have something unique to offer that other dietitians don't have to offer. So I think it's just – realizing that, that you have something somebody else doesn't have, and people are going to want to work with you because of that. So I have to keep reminding myself of that, that I have something, I have a unique perspective, I have a unique background that is going to help other people. So just remembering that has been really, really important for me.
0: Love it. Got my jazz snaps again. Jazz snaps. Yeah, We are (laughs) unique. We are unique. Yes, we we both are in weight loss. I work with couples. Even if we both work with working moms, my perspective is completely different. And people are going to connect with you as a person, not just the fact that you deliver an outcome of weight loss, but your unique experiences and what you're saying and what's connecting with them. And that's so important. I love that you said you just got to sit back and remind yourself you are unique. Someone needs you but you got to get out there for them to find you. Yeah. I've had to remind myself of that constantly because right now
1: I'm a dietitian that's in a larger body and I hadn't been before I had kids. And that's, that's a tough spot to be in the nutrition field, a dietitian that, you know, maybe doesn't look like all the other dietitians. Right. So that's been kind of something that I've had to keep reminding myself of, like, I can help people differently than other dietitians. And just because I'm currently in a larger body doesn't mean that I'm not a weight loss expert and I don't have things to offer. So that's been a real big like mindset piece that I've really had to
0: keep working on. I adore you. You are so powerful. And I've come across quite a few of your posts where you share your story. You're vulnerable. You're honest. And a lot of that is helpful. I think it's easy to just kind of walk around certain things. But if you show people like, Hey, I'm in this with you. Instead of like, I'm this robot and I'm just going to tell you what to do. It's, it's actually way more relatable to know, wow, this person understands what I'm going through and it's going to be easy to have these conversations. And that's what's going to be great with these coaching moments that you get into with your clients. So two thumbs up to you Thank for being you. freaking amazing. So before a lot of people come jumping into private practice, I want to talk about like clinical in particular, the funny stories, those stories that just make you go like, oh, my God, I I need to get into private practice like yesterday. So do you have one of those stories to share with the audience, especially since we're talking about just getting out there, sometimes the best source of inspiration can be these awkward, funny, stressful moments in clinical that could be the fire that you need to get you out there and just start getting clients who need you because you're unique. So do you have like one of those funny or zany stories in clinical to share with us?
1: I do, actually. This happened recently during this whole COVID era where I was on a telemedicine call with someone and it was my follow-up with her. And she came back, she lost five pounds in a month. And I was like, that's amazing. Like, how great does that feel? She was so angry that she didn't lose more weight. She didn't want to follow my method. She only wanted to eat processed carbs. So first of all, I was amazed she had lost the five pounds in the first place. Then she insisted I put her on the carnivore diet. I was like, I don't even know what that is. Like, I can't put you on the carnivore (laughs) diet. I said, I can't that's not sustainable. She was so angry with me. So angry with me. We hung up the phone. She complained. She sent in a complaint about me and I have a negative Google review (laughs) on my company's website because I wouldn't put her on the carnivore diet. And at that moment I was like, I can't, I cannot do this anymore. This is insane. I cannot believe I just had that argument with someone. And At that moment, I was in the thick of like starting with Libby. And I was like, you just got to keep going because I can't, I cannot do this anymore.
0: Oh my goodness. What a nightmare. It was. for, For those of you guys out there who are scared to show your face, like really channel that one time where you were like, why am I here? And that alone should be the energy that you need to show up And just get out there to attract your clients because, whoa. And that's the hard part when you have to work and you can't even choose who you work with.
1: Right. It's so painful to have to work with people who don't – why are you even here in the first place? Like I find myself thinking that every day. Like you made
0: this appointment to come see me. Like (laughs) you don't have to be here. (laughs) And that's the beauty of private practice. You get to attract your dream clients, you get to say yes, you get to say no, you get to filter, who comes and takes your energy and your time, you you get to choose that, which is awesome. So with that, what advice would you give someone who's like thinking of that crazy zany story, they want to jump into private practice, but they're still nervous, they're scared, they're like, "Mm, I don't know if I can do this. And you work full-time, so your perspective is really awesome and unique. There's probably people out there being like, hey, i got a full-time job. I'm not even sure if this is for me. What advice would you give them if they're on the fence and kind of somewhat thinking about it?
1: Honestly, just start and just roll with it. Like, your message can change. Your post can change. Your niche can change. Like, everything can change. Nothing is permanent, right? So get started and you see how it feels, and then you keep going, and it's evolving. It doesn't have to be perfect to start with. If you don't like it, then you can can it, and you don't have to do private practice, but you know, that's crazy talk anyway. You'll, you'll love it. So just, you just get started, and, and it evolves. It evolves as you evolve, and it's perfect.
0: I love you so much. Well, you're going to love it. You're
1: like, yeah, no, you're not going to get
0: it. You're going to love it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Honestly, if I can do it, I work full time. I have two kids. My daughter has a chronic condition. Like, I there were so many times during this program with Libby where I thought to myself, if I was not part of this group, I wouldn't keep going because it was hard some days. Like, I just... Some days I was doing stories at 11 o'clock at night after I had worked all day. And I know if I didn't have that support and accountability, like, I just wouldn't have done it. I would have been like, you know what? I'm going to start in September or, and then December would have rolled around and then we would have moved next year and I still wouldn't have started it. So that support and accountability really is what kept me going.
0: Yeah. Embarking on this, it's, it's never going to be a perfect time. It's That's- not. So even just hearing what you said, you told yourself like, yeah, I'm busy now, but I'm probably going to be busy in September, probably going to be bu- busy in December. And then you're moving. But you knew in the back of your mind, I want to make 3000 in private practice. I want to be able to pay for my kids to go to college. I want to be able to retire and not be 85. And you have that running message. You're like, well, I just got to start. And if something doesn't work, like you said, you can can it. Uh, you can get on your stories at 11 at night. You can get it done, but you don't have to think everything needs to be perfect. Just start, just go for it. And I think that message is what a lot of listeners need to hear. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. So now that you have gotten yourself in a position to get things organized, you're still working on refining your message. Would you say that after groups, there's anything else that you're working on next in your business that you want to share with the audience? So... I don't
1: know. I don't know what I want to do after groups,
0: probably a longer group. And then maybe,
1: you know, I would love to have some passive income at some point. I would also like to get into public speaking again, where whenever we get to where we're going, that was a big, big part of my corporate wellness career was public speaking, delivering lunch and learns. I traveled all over the country to do it. And I, I just loved, loved doing that. So I, I would like that to be part of my private practice when we get to where we're going permanently is to connect with companies in the area to, to be part of their corporate wellness culture as well. On my own terms,
0: not working for a company like I did before. Yes, it's all about doing things on your own terms. I'm super excited. I can't wait, like I said earlier, that the, your goals and your groups and everything you've got going on is so inspiring. And, and please update us. And I'm hoping we'll be interviewing you when you're hitting your 3K months and your 10K months. (laughs) We need it. We need that energy. People like you are so helpful and inspiring to people that are on the fence about just taking action. So thank you so much for being on this podcast episode. And I can't wait for this to air. Thank you, Yeah, It was so much fun.
1: If you identify as a female dietitian or student, apply to my coaching program. I'm accepting applications now. My clients go from zero to exceeding their sales goals. I save you time, energy, and I show you how to confidently become a dietitian boss. Thousands of your colleagues from around the world are doing it, and so can you. Apply on my website at libbyrothschild.com and check the show notes if you want that link right away.